0: The views and opinions expressed on Wrestling Wind Down are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of any other agency, organization, employer, or company. What's up, guys? It's Lo, and you are tuned in to Wrestling Wind Down, a female-founded and hosted podcast dedicated to professional wrestling and our favorite adult beverage. It has been three years since WWE presented their first ever all-women's pay-per-view, Evolution. In honor of this historic event, I decided to put together a series of three episodes focusing on the women's division. This first episode is very timely and it's important and it's focused all around representation and diversity within WWE and AEW. I am joined by three individuals, people of color, to chat about this important topic, including Phil Lindsay. He is one-third of the new Grapsity podcast over on Fightful and he is also a journalist at Bleacher Report. Court Kim is an avid wrestling fan. I've had her on the show before and she is also a journalist for the Curvy Fashionista and finally Iridian Fierro one half of the Rest Friends podcast who you've also seen on Wrestling Wind Down before. Grab your glass of wine this is a heavier episode than what you're probably used to here on Wrestling Wind Down but it is so necessary to have it. We're talking about the stereotypical storylines that WWE has showcased on their programming in the past. The lack of representation that we've seen within the company over the years we're also diving into the topic of the amount of people of color we've seen as champions within the WWE overall. We'll also be touching on AEW, who is a newer company but has experienced struggles when it comes to diversity and representation on their brand. So grab your glass of wine. We're going in for the three count. I mentioned in the intro, I have three amazing individuals here, people of color to talk about representation and diversity. Phil Lindsay, Iridian Fierro and Court Kim will be joining us in a little bit. Thank you guys so much for joining me.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Yes, thanks for having us. Let's just dive right in. So we're focusing mainly on the lack of representation in this conversation the word accountability has come up recently when it comes to both wwe and aew's lack of representation what does this word mean to you
1: i think when people say representation i think you know they mean positive representation whoever you know their marginalized group is i don't you know because I, I i see some people will go every time somebody says oh we want representation okay well this person is on TV, this person's on TV, that person's on TV. You can list a lot of people on TV, but what are they doing on TV? And does it matter in the grand scheme of things? Like, so when I think of representation, that's what I think of.
2: Yeah, I totally agree with Phil. I think that we can say all day long, like put women of color on the, the rosters and they'll get like two or three women and then not use them. So what was kind of the point of that? You know, we need to advocate for. Not only having the people that we want represented, represented, but also represented well.
0: Right. And showcased properly. I mean, it's one thing to say, hey, I have five Black women and three Latina women on my women's roster, but I only use one of them. And when I do use them, it's not in the proper fashion. So we're just going to dive right in. Let's start with WWE. I want to chat about some of the stereotypes WWE has showcased on television since the early and late 2000s so the first one i thought of was crime time two talented men depicted as street thugs and the mexico's which consisted of super crazy psychosis and Hoovy. they were fed up with the stereotypical portrayals of mexicans in the united states as laborers to gringos and they also came to the ring on lawn mowers, which just confused me as a child watching wrestling but then you also have jbl who is still an active part of the WWE, who made inappropriate and racist remarks on commentary. And if you go back and you watch these old shows, nothing is blurred out it's still right there for you so looking back now in 2021 why do we think this was openly in- acceptable in such a large wrestling company oh lord there's just so much <laughs> to process with <laughs> you know what
2: growing up and watching how some of the latinos were um, portrayed you know eddie guerrero came out in a low rider, but like that's culture you know like that's something that you know we we represent but like the lawnmowers i just every time i looked at it i was like i get like i get it like we we do like lawn work but like why would you bring that like stereotype like I, i just it wasn't clicking for me when i was young same thing when when i saw crime time i'm like why is their name Crime time? What is the deal? What's happening? It was just a lot of me trying to understand what was going on because, like, I knew that, like, my uncles, like, didn't look like that when they would come out to the ring. It was just, like, it was so extra and it didn't need to be when they could have just came out and wrestled. So, like, I guess people chose the gimmick for them because Rey Mysterio just came out as Rey Mysterio, you know, like just a Mexican luchador. So why couldn't we have other Mexican luchadors come out just regularly? You had to give them this crazy, like almost caricature version of that person.
1: I don't know. I I think uh, playing in stereotypes has always been a big part of wrestling for a long time. Like, there's been so many gimmicks for decades going back that play off of um, dated stereotypes or, you know, kind of play into outright racism. And I mean, that's even talked about on GLOW when, you know, they talked about the welfare queen character. And so it's always been a thing, you know. And, you know, I, I was saying recently that, you know, the business of racism, as it were, is very lucrative. And, you know, you can play into racism and get people emotionally invested, but is that a good way to reach fans or is that just kind of playing into the lowest common denominator?
0: I guess my question to you guys is, why do you think it wasn't an uproar when it happened in the early and late 2000s? I know social media is a huge factor now, you know, when you see something controversial or you see something that you don't like, you can go to Twitter so fast and, pop a tweet up but back in the late and early 2000s we didn't really have social media like that yeah there was myspace or the early beginnings of facebook but you didn't have a a quick social media website like twitter and instagram that we have today these fans they didn't boycott going to wwe shows they didn't stop buying merch like do you think they accepted it or do you think they felt weird about it but they didn't know how to exactly voice their opinions with the resources that they had Readily available.
1: Uh, I think two things. Um, I think that before message boards were such a big thing, and message boards were kind of like a niche thing. So Twitter's kind of different because Twitter's you can be accessed by anybody. Mm-hmm. Not just anybody is going to make a message board account and go talk about wrestling. That's kind of seen as like a nerdy thing to do you probably did have some of these conversations on message boards but we just weren't seeing them because they were tucked away somewhere else um with a bunch of people that you know are your, your prototypical stereotypical wrestling fan mm-hmm. um but see the other part is wrestling has been a white male dominated thing for so long and because of that they marketed to white male fans and so White male fans aren't gonna complain about that. They don't see anything wrong with that because they're not the offended party. Now when you're getting more and more women that are interested in, in wrestling, more and more minorities that are interested in wrestling. And there were always minorities and women that loved wrestling, but it's it's more it's more of a louder focal fan base now. So now, you know, you hear more people complain about those things now. And then on top of that, it's just in vogue to be conscious now. It wasn't you know, 20, 30 years ago.
2: Yeah, I think back then, they were totally different times. And I like to this day still have to like, unteach my parents like that some things are not okay. And like that things are not how they were, you know, sometimes a comment will pop up. And I'm like, guys, we cannot say that this is not acceptable. (laughs) Like, please, you know, get with the times. And I think for a lot of fans back in the day too, like, they've had to unlearn a lot of the things that they grew up with. So I think that's definitely played into why maybe they didn't say anything because it just happened and nobody said anything about it. But now that we're getting into this like socially conscious of like what is okay and what's not okay, there's a new learning and understanding in wrestling.
0: For years, we have seen a lack of diversity within both the men's and especially the women's division in the WWE. When you first started watching world wrestling entertainment, what were your thoughts on their diversity? Do you feel better about appears on television now, or do you still feel the same way you did when you first start watching?
2: I am excited with who I see in wrestling now, because when I grew up, it was only like white women. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, but you know, when like Melina came out, I was like, "Oh my God! Like she a little tan? Like maybe like something's happening there. She kind of looks like me. Like I see it. It's it's working. It's happening. And it it just like sparks something in you to see someone different and to see more variety. You know, when you start putting more women of color." In wrestling it just made me feel so excited because it wasn't just one thing anymore and one person being showcased say what you want about how the women are being showcased now but compare the women we have now to who was being showcased 10 20 years ago there is more diversity than there was back then and I'm excited because now we can advocate like, okay, we have these women now, now let's get more women and let's showcase them.
1: It's definitely improved because I remember when I first started watching, it was basically just Jacqueline. And then of course Jazz came along and that was kind of it. It was just the two of them. And like, even during the Divas era, it was just Naomi and Alicia. Um, And now you've got, you know, so many different black women, so many different Latina women, you have so many different Asian women. And so I think it's absolutely improved. Um, Where I do think that, you know, some of the progress is hindered is, I don't think that they allow some of the women of color to develop a character in the same way that they allow some of the white women. And there are, like I said, there are great things like, you know, Sasha and Bianca main eventing. That's fantastic. But I do feel like someone like Naomi shouldn't have been on a roster this long without a meaningful storyline.
3: I feel better about it now because we're seeing the, um, I guess, the effort of inclusivity within the WWE brand. However, for me, I feel like with that open door, there's still like a couple of things that we need in regards to just that full on picture of what I would hope that proper like POC representation is, especially with the black talent.
0: It's interesting that Iridian was talking about how she saw Melina. So I remember when I first started watching, I saw Melina as well. And I saw Victoria. And I think back to those times and I think about the black women. And the only one that pops in my head is Crystal for some reason. Like there were no active black women that were wrestling. And yeah, virtually
3: not seen at all.
0: And it's so interesting to me that they just let that fly. You know what I mean? Yes, we had. We had Latina women, we had white women. I think about we had Gail Kim for a while. Like we had some diversity, but then you think about okay, we had Jacqueline, we had Jazz, then we had Crystal later on, then we had Alicia Fox, and now we have you know, all of these amazing Black women, but that time period, like that end of the 2000s, it's like, there were virtually no Black women. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, none. Yeah, I mean, it went like that from like the inception of the title when Moolah first got there. Like there was a good, what, like 20, 30 years where there was no prominent Black women on the roster. They didn't crown a Black woman as champion until what, like 99 was Jacqueline?
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, an icon. So,
1: right. So, Yeah, I think that there are definitely parts of their history where there hasn't been a lot of Black women. And I feel like there are more Black women on the roster than ever before. And sometimes I feel like you can't tell that because, yeah, they're used in certain spots, but are they given prominent spots or characters like everybody else? I don't always feel that way. And I know some people are like, oh, well, they have a gimmick. The gimmick isn't always a character. Like, off the top of my head, like, I know... I know what Naomi's gimmick is. Like, there's the glow, she likes to dance, but what is her character? That part. That's a fair question because what is her character outside of the
3: glow? She doesn't have a lot of like character development yet. And that's totally based off of creative. They can be, they can give her so much more. Like, she is able to do so much more, but for some reason, she's not receiving that. And that's always been a really big issue for me, especially when like, When they pick and choose for her to come on the screen, it's like she's a star. Every time she comes out, people love her. She always gets a really solid pop. So it does not make any sense to me why WWE is just willingly not like choosing to not develop her creative background and her story. It's a missed opportunity a thousand percent.
0: In a recent interview with our friends at Ring the Bell, wrestling legend Jazz stated that WWE is portraying women of color well, but they're not being treated fairly. She even references women like Naomi, like we just talked about, stating that she is not treated fairly. We obviously agree with this legend statement, but seeing Naomi plugged in now with Sonya Deville, and there's rumors of her being involved with Roman Reigns and the bloodline. Do we have hope for Naomi's character? Do we have hope that they will develop it? Like Phil said, yes, she has a gimmick, but she doesn't have a character. Do we see in the future her getting that character? Maybe if she's a part of the bloodline or?
1: I will say that I'm a little bit optimistic because the stuff with Sonya at least seems like they're giving her an ongoing feud. Like I can't think of the last time they've given her a storyline that lasted longer than like a few weeks. And like, she actually had like a rival. So mm-hmm. I'm glad about that. But I need them to, you know, give her some merch and stuff. Like, what, thank you. what's going on? <laughs> I, I Like, I mean, like she has the one shirt, I think. And she has that terrible cap that's been out there forever but
3: give her some merch okay oh my god she just (laughs) gives our girl her things i think like as phil said there's just a lot of things that naomi needs in order to just like be on level with all the other talent that exists within the company again she's a star she is bona fide like she's ready she's been ready she has the athletic capability she's really funny too It's like, we need to see her more on screen. We need to see her more on screen. And it would be really great to see what would happen if she were to go with the bloodline. I think that'd be a really cool opportunity to see a heel turn from her, like a really solid heel turn, especially with having like Roman Reigns like at the head of that and doing such a phenomenal job as a heel. That would actually be really a breath of fresh air, a really great breath of fresh air for her. And I feel like people would really enjoy that.
2: I'm always optimistic for Naomi. I love her so much. Like any time she comes out, I just get so hyped. I remember that tweet that Kiki Palmer was like, I want to play you in a movie. And like, I would go watch that movie. Exactly, I would go. Yeah, like Phil said, some more merch. I know Liv Morgan does not get a lot of screen time, but she's got way more merch than Naomi. Naomi's been there for years. You can't tell me that you can't give her a couple of things. And that glow belt that they never put up on WWE shop was such a missed opportunity because to this day, that is the merch that I want the most is that damn glow belt.
0: I feel like with her, they've had so many missed opportunities with her. And as a black woman, it almost infuriates me because You think about the glow belt and you think about, you know, WWE could capitalize so big on doing a Naomi themed Halloween costume. I'm just going to throw that out there or even a cosplay. But then you think about this attention that she's received on not just within the wrestling community, but on like a national level. She's been in essence. There have been so many prominent journalists or outlets that have talked about her and I'm sure they see that, but they don't capitalize on it. And I don't know if you guys noticed a couple weeks ago, there was that rumor on Twitter that Beyonce had supposedly said something about (laughs) Naomi and Blue Ivy. Oh, my God. Naomi wants to do her hair like her. And did you see how many people believed it and ran with it?
1: Well, yeah, to your point, I think that she's more marketable than she's given credit for. I think Mm -hmm. she's one of the most marketable women on the roster. She looks different. I mean, even when... You compare her to any other black woman on a roster. When she came back for the rumble and she had the natural hair, nobody else was doing that. And she immediately stood out.
3: Yeah. Say that, say that. It's really important to have a dark-skinned black woman in the mainstream. It's really important to not like have her in the background. We can tie we can it kind of ties into like the concept of colorism. You see a lot of like like lighter skinned black people getting more screen time versus her. And I'm I'm not sure if they've peeped into it but I like for me personally I've peeped into it and I don't like it they need to fix it (laughs) they should fix
0: it Mm -hmm. honestly 100 percent Big E was recently crowned as the fourth four okay fourth black wrestler to hold the WWE championship in history while this is an accomplishment it's also unbelievable to think that there have only been four black men to hold the title while countless white men have been title holders what are our thoughts on this?
1: So I see some people run with this. Uh, hey, you know they've crowned four black champions, so they're getting representation right. And I'm just like, oh, we gotta, we gotta put this in context now. We gotta put some history out here first. And I mean, when you look at Bianca's run this year. I think it's interesting as well because she is the only the second Royal Rumble winner and that's including the men. She's only the second Black Royal Rumble winner. When you look at every women's champion, some of those women's champion reigns aren't good. Like I brought up Jacqueline earlier. She was essentially only made champion to put Sable over later. And then her second title reign ended with that dumb dx thing where steph ended up being champion and she was never champion again you look at jazz jazz has beat lita and trish who are both in the hall of fame at wrestlemania yet she's not in the hall of fame say it um i'm just it it just so you know when i see some people run with this and you know i tweeted the other day what i said and people kind of got upset and i just i don't know i i feel like they could do so much better with the women they have. They have made improvements, leaps and bounds. It is fantastic that two Black women have headlined WrestleMania. But I -hmm. just look at certain other things, and I feel like they will give us a moment, and then they think the work is done.
3: Okay. (laughs) Say that. Oh, my God. No, see, this is actually infuriating me, because that's exactly what's going on. I want to talk about the feeling that I felt when I watched Bianca lose her title in the span of what, how many seconds? I really couldn't count. Like twenty six or twenty seven. Twenty six or twenty seven seconds in order to bring like freaking Becky back and make her champion immediately. You put in all that work, all that creative work, all of those things to ensure that Bianca Belair looks like that ESTU—the strongest, the fastest, the toughest. You don't have the toughest of WWE your women's champion, lose her title in 20 seconds, let alone a Black woman, okay? You took that moment, you took the moment that was given to Black people for having two Black women main be the main event and basically threw it in the trash. For, for Becky to come back, for Becky to belt or however, however many effing belts that she's had, she's brilliant. But no, like that was just such a bad decision. It was such a bad decision. But going back to like the initial question of how do we feel about the numbers being so small? I always like to like feed it back to like culture and how you know like certain social media um accounts will be like this person this is the first black person to win this academy award. This is the first black person to do this in this many years. It's supposed to be something to according to them that's something to celebrate. But if you're looking at at it from our perspective that's literally missed, missed opportunity back to back to back. And you're just giving us a little bit of something and that's supposed to satisfy us. It's not, it's not satisfactory at all. In actuality, it just reiterates the fact that you guys are so far gone still, and there's still way much more work to do.
2: When they do it, it'll be such, such a big deal. And (sighs) they'll promote the hell out of it. And it's just that little moment. And like, what do we do with that? What do we do with that? at the end of the day, if you're only yes. given a...
1: Yeah, I mean, even if you look at Sasha, I say all the time, Sasha is booked the worst out of all four horsewomen. And I know people always like, the four horsewomen are pushed to the front. But, I mean, if you look at all of her reigns as champion before that SmackDown Women's Tag Champion... So short. Where, she, ...where she just lost it, all of them are short. All of them are short. Um, mm-hmm. I think that she, out of all the horsewomen, if you count all of her reigns together, I think hers is among the shortest if you count co- consecutive days. Um, and I don't have the numbers on hand, but I'm pretty sure it's it's among the shortest. Every week mm-hmm. she
2: had a different feud with Charlotte and it was for the championship and she was always losing, always. So what did they say Her, again? her pay-per-view, numbers are also terrible when defending a championship like why can't you just let her keep the belt for a little bit
1: i i think it's crazy that she still has not won a match at wrestlemania well she won the match at wrestlemania but she's never successfully defended a title at wrestlemania
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) i think it's interesting too like you wonder what the conversations are like in the back when they review this type of stuff because i'm i mean I think a lot of fans are naive in the way that they tweet and stuff and the way that they communicate online. And they're kind of like, well, they are thinking backstage and they are being logical. I feel like they think more than we think they do at the end of the day. Like, They have to think, how is this going to look to the outside audience? We know how it looks to us and how the company that we've ran for so long, how it looks on our end, but how does it look to the outside audience? So at the end of the day, I think WWE, it's almost like they know that some of the decisions that they're making are not the brightest. It's not, they're not reading the room half the time, but I almost think sometimes they just like the excitement to see how fans will react to, you know, like Kofi Kingston's title ring being, ended by Brock Lesnar in however many seconds it literally the same exact thing that happened to Bianca with with Becky I mean same type of treatment and it's like you just ruined these historic moments that you've had
1: I don't know it's just certain decisions where I'm kind of like you could have kept that like I mean we were, I was just talking earlier about Ember and Oscar's uh, feud and mm-hmm. I just, it just still blows my mind that they gave that win to Charlotte and they didn't give it to Ember I I just still don't understand that. <laughs> I don't understand that decision. A lot of non-thinking
3: going on when it comes to just like the representation factor for like our people. It just, uh-huh. it, it's irky. Like I want to be, op- I want to be optimistic because that's the best kind of like ideology to have with these type of things. But on the other hand, we just look at the actual facts and we look at what has been done, and we're just like, okay, what are we gonna do though? Like, what are like, what are you guys gonna do? Mm -hmm. to fix this we I feel like we talk about this a lot on social media I feel like we like black people and POC are constantly talking about the lack of representation it's almost as if like they're ignoring us or just ignoring like fan feedback and that's really whack honestly because the program is really made for us if enough black people are like hey like maybe you should like treat us with care more (laughs) treat us with more care when it comes to the creative like aspect of it like, that's what I would love to see. I would love to not see my Black championship champions lose in seconds. I would like to see that less. I would actually not want to see that at all.
0: Let's move over to our Latina women. The most notable Latina women in the WWE have been the Bella Twins, who, along with their in-ring success, have also had success outside of the ring as business owners. They own a clothing brand, wine brand, hair care brand, you name it. Iridian, what are your thoughts on this representation? Queens, they're killing it. I love them so much. Here for it.
2: When the Bella Twins first debuted, I thought they were magical because I'm like, there's two of them. And my like eight-year-old brain was like marketable. Like They're going to sell so much. There's no one else like them in the WWE. And they have just been able to really cross from WWE into the mainstream. And I think of other people who've done that, like The Rock and John Cena, they've just been so successful both in and out of WWE. Um, But like the Bellas being like a percentage of Mexican, like I wish they were more Mexican, you know? (laughs) Um, Because they don't really talk about that when the Bellas come on, they don't say, oh, you know, the Bellas are Mexican, they just, Focus on their like Italian, you Mm
3: -hmm. know
2: they have, and that's still white. At the end of the day, that's still white. So I wish that they would come out and say like, hey, you know we are Mexican. We would like to represent because I think there is still that gap that's missing with women who are Mexican and are wrestlers in the WWE. I know like Bailey is very close to it, but I just I feel like I would want someone who's one hundred percent Mexican in the division, much like AEW, who has like Thunder Rosa and Thunder Rosa's Mexican, you know, like a hundred percent. And she speaks Spanish and she cuts promos in Spanish. Zelina was great um, when she was in the roster because she, I felt was the closest we could get to that representation.
0: It's interesting that you bring up the Bella Twins and how they're always saying that they're Italian, but they don't focus on their their Mexican background because I was watching their show before and I noticed that they have really tried to hone in on their Mexican side, especially during the last season and the second to last season. They would go to Mexico and stuff like that. I know WWE is a little bit hands off when it comes to them now, just because they're not in ring performers, but that's still like their baby. The Bella Twins are their baby. So it almost makes me wonder was that a decision on the Bella Twins part to really focus on that Mexican background or was it WWE's part? Because as you mentioned, mm on commentary, they don't really say anything. I noticed for Hispanic Heritage Month, they did tweet their picture and say that they are Hispanic, but when's the last time they did that?
3: You know, that's, you know, what's really horrid is that this, like I'm today eight years old, like figuring out that they were Mexican. I'm not, I'm, I'm not even joking. I've always thought of them as Italian girls. Mm-hmm. And because that's like, what's pushed so much, right? That's, that's actually, that's very messed up.
0: But and you know also, what? You're a newer fan too. So that's interesting that you say that. Yeah, no, I'm curious though. Like that's insane. Um, that's actually insane. When you
3: look at them though, like when you look at the Bella Twins, they give off white passing. It's not their fault, but that's just tea. That's just how it goes. So I think it is easier for them. It is easier for them or whoever's in control of that decision to, I guess, figure out what they push out more. I guess it's easier for them to push that Italian narrative more because they look more Italian but like yeah I really had no idea I had no idea until just now and my mind is actually very well
0: it's interesting because I think about when they debuted I feel like they were pushed more as like being Mexican by their ring gear the way they carried themselves but then as their gimmick progressed it seemed like okay nope we need to just kind of you know put out there that they're Italian they wouldn't really talk about you know that they're Mexican you you couldn't tell by their ring gear you couldn't really tell it was like okay I guess they're just Italian not until their show came out and you you see their dad and you're like oh okay I I didn't know that and you would think with such a large audience that WWE caters to and the amount of success that the Bella Twins had that they would mention that all the time I feel like they only mention
2: it when it is like Hispanic Heritage Month, they'll be like, oh my God. And they'll like post something. But like, I need more than that from you guys. Like, I love them so much, but I just, I need a little bit more because like you said, when they debuted, they were coming out with flowers in their hair. Like it was frilly. It was giving tropical, you know, very culture. It was giving
0: a little bit of it. Mm -hmm. And
2: Kind of reined it all in, and I was like, okay, well, it's gone now, and they just never brought it back up.
0: You mentioned Iridium Bailey, but we've seen other superstars that have had success recently in the WWE, including Damian Priest, Dominic Mysterio, Raquel Gonzalez, and many more. How does this make you feel as a Latina? I'm so happy, and it's just It's so easy to
2: do, it's just put them out there and let them wrestle, honestly. When, um, I remember when they started uh, putting Umberto Carrillo out there and they had Angel Garza and they had a great feud with Andrade and Zelina was coming out with them. I was like, yes, give me this every week. Like it's one match, it's a good match. And that's all that I'm asking for. When Dominic came into the story, I'm like, oh my God, family, familia. Like I, I was just living, like my heart was so happy. And that's honestly all that they have to do is just give people the opportunity. And when they had the crossover of bad bunny coming in with Damian priest, who represents Puerto Rico to the max, like this man comes out with this flag on his gear every single time. And he's just so happy. And bad bunny was cutting promos in Spanish. This was what people were missing. Like, just give us a little bit. And we will be good I think with this they were on the right path and then I don't see any more representation right now like they'll give us a little hint of it like for Wrestlemania because a lot of people are watching and you know maybe people who don't watch as frequently they can be like oh wow well two black women main events in Wrestlemania they're progressive oh wow well you have Latinos in Wrestlemania well they're progressive but then you watch Monday Night Raw and you watch Smackdown and there's nothing there that's true
1: I think during the pandemic, it, it's not talked enough about that. Selena was the best thing on Raw for a a while. Like she was dominating Raw, and then all of a sudden, that just came to a halt. Um, but I thought she was not just dominating; she was the best manager in the entire company at one point.
3: Selena's crossover appeal is super like massive for me. The fact that she has that super successful um, gaming channel that she is cherished and loved on the way she talks her crap when she does her managerial work it brings me joy like and her outfits are just phenomenal she's a student of fashion she's a student of pop culture when you see her references to like Aaliyah or when you see her references to like you know certain game like games you know I'm not a gamer so I don't know all the characters but I do know when she's like pulling out cultural references. Like she is also like the, like the full package to me too. And when I stopped seeing her on the screen as often, I honestly was really upset because that is just a girl that just has the natural capability. Like she knows that she's that girl and I want to see more of her. Also, I love Damien Priest. Like I think he's one of my faves right now. And I love his like fashion and the way he's kind of bringing like a goth like edge to
0: his clothing. We got to talk about AEW. So AEW may be a newer company compared to WWE, but they've already had issues when it comes to showcasing their diverse roster, specifically their women's wrestlers and their POC wrestlers. What changes do you think they can make now in their early years that will benefit them in the long run? I know this is a loaded question. AEW gets a lot of on social media because... Cody came out there at that press conference. He said, look, I'm going to give you diversity. (laughs) I'm going to give you women. And then you see how the path has gone. And you're like, did you forget what you said? Like, if you didn't, if you weren't going to give that to us, then that's fine. But you didn't have to tell us. So I think a lot of people feel like it's been a lot of broken promises from them saying that they're going to give us one thing and they haven't followed up on that deal. Phil, we'll start with
1: you right on the spot. Put your mask right on the spot. Um, <laughs> um, I think, you know, I think some things they have done are, you know, kind of ahead of the, ahead of the curve. I mean, cause just like what I mentioned earlier, when you look at, um, the lineage of WWE's women's championship, it took them a long time to crown a black woman as champion. At least AEW did it within the first two years with Nyla. Now, we can go into was that a great reign? I think the pandemic kind of hurt it a little bit, but I do think it's I do think it's cool that for the first two years they didn't have any white woman as women's champion. They had a a woman of color as women's champion for what the first four and all the way up till Britt. So I mean, there's certain things they've done good, but I think the biggest issue is the same thing. What I said with WWE, they don't give a lot of the women storylines they don't give them you know character progression and i feel like they need more screen time i feel like that's the biggest issue at least they haven't done anything as egregious or racist yet so i can't be too fingers crossed you know still you know knock on wood Yeah, I just think that they need to start giving their women more screen time because the talent is there. And I also
0: think we need to look at screen time as like on the TV, because I think AEW thinks that, oh, well, we have them on YouTube. So, you know, we're trying. We're trying here. (laughs) Like, no I feel like you can't have Swole versus Diamante on on Dynamite. You have to have it on Dark. I mean, okay, I don't know what their numbers are on YouTube and stuff like that, but that was a huge issue on Twitter was that a match like that was on Dark when it could have easily been on
1: Dynamite
0: and it would have done so well. I I agree.
1: I, I do think that using YouTube as a platform isn't a bad thing. And I think some people think like, oh, they're putting all these people over here so they're hiding them. They're not hiding them because if they were hiding them, they wouldn't use them at all. YouTube isn't bad. It's just that it has to go somewhere. If somebody is killing it on YouTube, they should eventually get the push on TV as well. And that's just for some people not happening. It's not happening fast enough, at least.
3: Yeah, exactly. In the words of Brandy, almost doesn't count. And with like Cody Rhodes, you can't make a huge statement like that in um, a conference without backing it up, especially with him being married to a black woman, the woman that's in charge of the women's division. Like all these things connect for me. Okay, I feel like we're gonna see the change come from her. Um, I feel like she has the capability to like really put in like persuasion into at least like maybe getting more representation out there. So I'm like rooting for Brandy. I'm like using that like that strong like strength for her. But honestly, it's really interesting how you were talking about YouTube because you're not wrong. YouTube's not a terrible platform. It's just online a huge difference from television and if you prove yourself there why not have your match on television but if you have like these very iconic matches with like people of color and you guys are constantly putting them on the youtube platform versus giving them television time which is what you know the talent wants ultimately so they want screen time i feel like that is very questionable they could they could fix this right now being two years in and they could really recover. They have a chance to not write the same story that WWE did. But the difference here is like, we're telling, like, you know, listen, listen to commentary, listen to the fans, listen to the criticism. Not all of it is terrible. And if we want to see more, like, Black faces, if we want to see more Latino faces, if we want to see more Asian faces, if we wanted to see more faces of people of color, give us that. It's not, it's really not too much to ask. We don't want to see whiteness all the time. Cody should have
2: not said anything. I <laughs> You should have just not said anything, Cody, because not only are you married to a Black woman, but she is the chief brand officer. And if Cody's not doing anything and Brandy, a woman of color, is not doing anything to also advocate, like, what are we doing? But AEW is so new that, like Court said, they still have time. They are in their very young stage, so they have time to recover and actually do more with the women. For me, the problem with YouTube is that I feel like unless you're like super hardcore fan, you're not going to go on YouTube and watch these matches. So yeah. a lot of people didn't even know that um, Swole was going to go against Diamante until they saw on social media. And they were like, oh, wow, this is going to be on YouTube. Like, I'll just go watch that on YouTube. Fans are majority watching on on television. So why would you not want to have those two women of color represented on the big screen? You know, I feel like YouTube they're using it as sort of like an NXT kind of like developmental, but the storylines need to be there. You need to get on the main roster eventually. And that's dynamite.
0: Two things. So one, I think it's interesting that Phil brought up having these, these wrestlers start on dark and then go up to like dynamite or rampage and lee moriarty he started on dark and now he's going up to rampage that's the kind of progression we need we need okay we have these talented individuals we know what lee can do on the independent circuit we know these talented individuals are great let's start them here but then let's progress them up and have them on this main stage level on television that's what they need but you gotta you gotta treat everyone that way like when was the last time we really saw Big Swole involved in a storyline on AEW television?
1: Probably the stuff with her and Britt, which was exactly, what, like, and that was year. like a year
0: ago, right?
1: And I know she was—I know she was injured or not, mm-hmm. or she, she was, was not, sick yeah,
0: she, yeah,
1: during that time. So I don't know—I don't know if that's some of that cooled her, um, but yeah, I do think that that's a problem. I don't know. It it just still still it's the same thing with WWE. They'll give us a moment and it'll feel good. Like letting Thunder Rosa main event a show. That's great. Letting Red Velvet main event. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. Giving Jade what they're giving Jade. Fantastic. But it needs to be, you know, consistent and it needs to be like meaningful storylines as well.
2: Yeah, Jade needs to be that TNT champion because that belt is already blue. She got that TBS, TBS. She (laughs) is so (laughs) I'm trying to give her all the titles. (laughs) Give her
1: all the titles. Say
0: that. I agree. Give her everything. I have to ask this question because it it came to my mind. So do you think (laughs) Brandy's promo that she had with Jade months ago? Oh my God. Now you're bringing this back. I know what you're talking about. Okay. (laughs) We know this promo. We can laugh at it. We could do whatever. But do you think that was the path to go down to display to black women? You haven't done this before in your in your inception of your brand. Do you think this was the smartest thing to do? Furthermore, this is one of the last times that we saw your chief brand officer before she went off to give birth. And secondly, this is one of Jade's first moments in aew now obviously she's recovered from that even though she really didn't say anything while brandy spoke do you think that was the smartest business decision
1: i'm gonna defer to black women on this
0: <laughs> <laughs> What's up? all right I,
3: then let me come in with my blackness i don't think now that we, we had a little bit of time to resonate with that um promo i can safely say that was a terrible terrible choice just Based off of the code switching component, um, it's very dangerous to exude a, a certain stereotype um, that is implemented onto Black women. In this particular case, the angry Black woman archetype, that, which she took, <laughs> she took it to like the Mth degree.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: No one, no one's ever that, like, I've never seen no Black woman be, get like that, like ever, on a, on a wrestling program like that. And it was dangerous. It was dangerous to me. I know that's, like, a huge word. It was dangerous only because, like, when white people are watching this, they're going to be like, oh, she's getting into she's getting into her, like, big time. Like, we like this. We like this anger. We like this. We like that. Meanwhile, we're seeing a Black woman literally tearing down the new talent that is going to ultimately be, like, champion, you know? So it's like, Brandy really shot herself in the foot with that one. And then she left... To give birth now, she's wanting to come back in full throttle. Maybe she's gonna need a whole like makeover herself, because like if she's the if she's the brand officer and she's like a black woman, like she needs to really like really take that responsibility on. And I know it's like it's a big one, it's a huge one, but it's for her to have, and she has a lot of opportunity here to like, I guess maybe like fix whatever the hell she did <laughs> before or um, to so much so that we maybe could forget that because I would love to forget that. I would love to forget that visual. (laughs) I remember watching it live and I was just so, I just, I think my mouth dropped and I just was like, ah, this is happening. This is happening in real time. And somebody wrote this. And I would like to know who wrote the promo. I would would, love to know who was was behind that. You think she I
1: think that was off the cuff. Because if Ooh. if I remember the story behind it, she stood backstage and she listened to the promo and then she just came out and responded to it. Um now there's two weird optics to this. There's the fact that yeah. that she came out and went that hard for her white husband that kind of looks weird. And then the fact that it's another Oops. black woman that she's also going off of, it just looks weird. I will say this beyond how strange and all this craziness around it i do think it helped jay in the long run because it galvanized people to be angry at brandy and people are like no no we like jade though she's a star she looks fantastic and in some ways she kind of saved that segment and from being a complete disaster even though it kind of was still a disaster
0: 100 (laughs) percent
1: it's it still, I think it still was memorable enough for what it did for Jay. And I think they kind of got lucky that she needed to step away because she was pregnant. And then you could slide Rev over in because that ended up helping both of them out.
0: I'm so shocked that you mentioned that, Phil, that from what you've heard was that she was standing backstage and she kind of came up with it off, off the cuff. Like, I would not think to call someone a heffa off the cuff. It just, and telling her to go backstage, like, I need time to process this. I need like five to seven business days to process this correctly. Cause I just, I can't.
2: It's so wild to think about that promo just because um, I started watching Roads to the Top and you see backstage and Brandy was like talking to one of the lighting guys and with Jade. And he was like, she was telling him, oh, you need to like switch this lighting over here because Jade looks the best in this kind of lighting. And he was, she was just like telling people how to make, you know, Jade look better, which I'm like, okay, that's fantastic. But like a couple months ago when you did this promo and you were getting made fun of on Twitter, like what was the thought process there? Like I need more backstage brandy and not of that promo brandy because it was just a lot to deal with. And honestly, I had forgotten about it till you brought it up. It was in the back <laughs> of my mind.
1: It's, it's interesting, though, because I do think that she has done good things for the women that are there. Because, I mean, when you look at certain things, like um, what she did for Jade in that moment, just with lighting, and, and I do think that she's helped Jade quite a bit. I do think that she has, you know, championed Red Velvet a lot. I do mm-hmm. think that she was one of the reasons this wall got signed. But I kind of feel like, maybe we need more of Brandy in a backstage capacity and not as an on-screen character sometimes, Mm -hmm. because I feel like what she does for the company doesn't get enough credit. I mean, when you look at the fact that as chief branding officer, she got them state farm, like that's a big deal. And I don't think people talk about that when people are like, she's not good at her job. No, she's great at her job. You guys just talk about the other things that have nothing to do with her job.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And I think the way that she uses social media really offends a lot of people. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that, in my opinion, I don't think she really reads through before she tweets it. And I think that goes into how people portray her. They've seen this promo on TV and then they see her, you know, tweeting and they're like, well, who is this lady? And why does she act like this? They don't see her helping Jade. They don't see her helping champion for Red Velvet. They don't see stuff like that. Cause I'll be honest with you. Like, I don't follow Brandy like that. And I didn't know about the lighting thing with Jade. I didn't know about, red velvet I didn't know about swole so it's like when I hear stuff like that I'm like okay I respect her for that but I think about other fans like I said who just watch the show who just see twitter and they're like "Mm, I don't know about that so I think you really have to be just be uniform in your character you can't be one way and then be the other online and people are like "Eh, I don't know about
1: that well, let me, let me pose this question to you. Do you think all criticism towards her is fair? Because I don't think all criticism towards her is fair. Now, I think that promo was one thing. I think there are certain things that she does put her foot in her mouth for quite a bit. But I do think sometimes she'll just tweet something and people just blow up, up at her. And I'm like, okay. Like the other day when she tweeted that Santa Claus thing, I was like, God, right, planning Santa Claus for her kids, guys. It's not that serious. Or when she was saying, I want, I plan to get a nanny and get back on the road. I was like, okay, that's her decision.
3: That sounds fire to me. I don't know what's wrong with that statement. Hey, I my think,
0: give you a follow-up question or a follow-up statement. Uh-oh. Do you think people would be as offended if Stephanie McMahon decided that she wanted to use her Twitter.com account and say that she's going to hire Private Santa and that she's going to go back on the road after she's had a baby and nanny? No. I think some people feel some type of way and I don't know if it's based off race or not when Brandy says stuff I think they already don't like her as she continues to stack up things that they don't like now I kind of understand the Santa thing people are kind of like girl we're in a pandemic girl we are in a pandemic but people were just going off the rails you know what I mean just yeah, like
1: that was, a, that was crazy That's I think crazy. You
0: know, just nitpicking and you wonder what their what their fire is, why they go after her. And, you know, it could be because they just don't like the character of Brandy. It could be because she is black. You just don't know because people just come with all of these different motives when they get on Twitter because they're behind a screen. They feel confident to say anything that they want and they'll go after someone that they've never met or someone that they don't know in real life. So, I honestly don't know. Sometimes I feel like some of the comments that people say are warranted because some of the stuff she does say is kind of like, oh, uh, OK, that's a little bit weird. But other stuff, it's like, are you just finding something to be upset about today? And we talked about this before you even got on air about unrelated stuff. People just find stuff to be mad at sometimes like they just go on Twitter. Oh, damn it. I don't agree with that. I'm just going to tweet them. Twitter,
3: girl on Twitter.com. Every everything. The sky is blue live the sky was just green like five seconds ago anything on twitter could be debated whether it's fact or fiction everyone's going to be mad all the time but i do think like it's it's valid you know like there's certain criticisms for brandy that are very valid and i think that they should be made but on the other hand she is a black woman with like um a very high role within the company so i do feel regardless um she's gonna see unnecessary like pushes of criticism i feel like that's going to be natural but in a woman of her position mm-hmm. but some of them are valid a lot of them are valid
1: yeah no and i'm not posing that question to say that do you guys think that everything is said towards her is wrong i don't think that at all i think some stuff is valid but i do think because you know she is the first black woman in that kind of position there's also some kind of like you know, she's held to a standard that a lot of other people in executive positions are not. And sometimes I feel like that is not fair.
0: Do you think that because she is more accessible than like Stephanie McMahon, people feel like they can just say anything?
1: Absolutely. I think that's the thing with the elite in general, because they have such a online presence that people feel like that they can just come for them. And I think the other part is they respond to everything. I think that A lot of times when she puts her foot in her mouth, if she just stopped responding, it wouldn't get as bad. It would be the Um, end of
2: the day, and that's it. (laughs) Exactly.
1: Or, Or sometimes she'll put something out there and then try to delete it and try and run away before people really run with it. And that doesn't help her either. I just think that she needs to either stand in what you want to do and just let people hate or just not do it at all.
0: Well, this has been a very informative conversation. Thank you guys so much for joining me. Where can the people find you on social media? Well, you can find me on Rest Friends on
2: Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can also go on YouTube and subscribe to our Rest Friends YouTube channel. And you can find our podcast on any streaming platforms. at Spotify, on iTunes, and iHeartRadio. Uh, whatamaneuver.com. Head over for Rest Friends merch.
1: Um, You can find me on Twitter at PhilDL616. Or you can find my writing at Bleacher Report. And, of course, you can also find the Gravity Podcast on YouTube, Fightful.com, and wherever Fightful Podcasts are found on DSPs.
0: You can find me at The Court Kim on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Wrestling down You can find all of our other episodes available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, and wherever else you listen to your podcast. We're also on Twitter and Instagram at WWDCAST. Let us know what you thought about the episode. What was your favorite part? Until next time, enjoy your wine and, of course, enjoy your wrestling. Cheers. <laughs> Thank you.